My guest on today's episode was introduced to me by one of my biggest supporters, my sister. My sister Melanie pointed me in Kim Gray's direction as a highly recommended guest to appear on my podcast because of the amazing work she is doing with women. Kim Gray of Kim Gray Consulting has an amazing journey to share about the life-changing decision she made from a simple reminder email she received one Saturday morning. In this episode, we unpack the need to review your happiness and listen to your gut. Also to not be afraid of what's next, but embrace your passion and purpose. Take a listen. There is something for everyone here. I'm Amy Bajada, CPA by trade, not in nature. Now financial coach to businesses globally. The Boring Shit You Need to Know in Business podcast was created with business owners and aspiring business owners in mind. It's a way to bring you simple yet effective business strategies, explore the art of being in business, and challenge the notion that our financial numbers are boring. If you're looking to improve your profitability, increase your cash, and grow your business, you're in the right place. Join me and other business owners as we discuss the boring shit you need to know in business. Hey, Kim, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. You came highly recommended and rightfully so. In our very short conversation a couple of weeks ago when I first met you, I have to admit I was left inspired and feeling very empowered. Oh, that's fantastic because that's what my job is to do, inspire (laughs) others. I can't wait to get into it. And what I love to do is I love to kick off these conversations with the how I got started story. And yours is pretty cool and certainly not the conventional route, that's for sure. So let's chat about the fateful reminder that you received. Okay. So um, as I've discussed previously, I'm a big believer in the universe and everything aligning. And yes, I got a reminder. I'd obviously clicked on something because I was searching for a new purpose. I'd lost my spark and I'd lost my drive. And so I got a text message on a Saturday morning reminding me that I obviously clicked on something about coaching and I ignored it. Um, but then I received another message from a girlfriend who, who is into Reiki and readings and she just sent me an audio saying, "Hun, you just got to follow your heart. I just got this sign. Everything's okay. Just go with it. And so I thought, hmm, that's a bit strange. And then I got another text message five minutes before the webinar was going to kick off. And so I thought this is a sign and I clicked it and there I was in a coaching seminar, 10 till 6, signed up on the spot and haven't looked back since. Fabulous. Before we get into that story, though, I would love to hear what you were doing beforehand. Let's talk a little bit about your transition beforehand, before you got this fateful reminder and jumped into this webinar. Okay, so I've been a secondary school teacher for 30 years um, and absolutely loved what I what I was doing um loved inspiring students to believe in themselves and to do their best when others had given up on them but sadly over the last five years I I really started to lose my drive and my spark and I was climbing the the ladder listening to my head and my ego and my my thoughts rather than listening to my heart and what was really driving me and, and what my purpose in life was so when my um work started to impact on my happiness and my family and my relationships, it was time to really stop and have a good hard look at where I was going and what I was doing. And taking 10 weeks off last year to really reflect on 
what I wanted out of life and why I was no longer feeling motivated and wanting to jump out of bed every morning. And it was because I'd gone to a position of leadership that kept me in an office and took me away from that inspiring others. And so I truly believe that I am on this earth to make a difference and to inspire other people to live their best life. So I decided that, yeah, I'd step back from teaching. So I am still I am still in the secondary sector, but I have stepped back from um, leadership and now I'm driven by my purpose and my happiness rather than by a paycheck and the and the dollars. So yeah, so that's yeah. where it came from. I love, I love that. I I'm I remember once moving from a job purely for money and realizing later that I would never ever do that again. Ever do that again. But I, I just wanted to tap into something that you said. And I think that it's a really valid point here because when you when you've been in a job or doing the same thing for a very long time, Often we get stuck on this wheel of, well, that's my purpose. I am here. I studied for it. I put in the hard yards. I was enjoying it at one point. That'll come back, you know, and we, and we talk ourselves into the fact that this is pretty much where I'm at and this is my path and this is what I chose. So I've just got to get over that hurdle of not feeling the love again for it or whatever it might be that we're feeling. So can I ask you, what types of things did you recognize besides being unhappy? What were some of the signs for you in your life that were trigger points to kind of say, well, hang on, there's something bigger here than just me being frustrated that the floor's not cleaned or whatever it is. What what was it that was going on that you were able to identify as that piece of being unhappy? Yeah, I think I think you're right. We get we get stuck on on the mind, well. My, my niche is mindset coaching. So yeah. my, my idea is to change the thought patterns and, and you've hit, it, hit the nail on the head there by saying we tell ourselves things all the time about it's okay, we'll get over it, we get over it. But, but I think taking a step back and being the observer of your thoughts and actually listening to your body and what's happening. So it wasn't only, yeah, that I was unhappy, but my relationships um, suffered not only with my husband and with my children, but just generally, I was just, um, I didn't want to go out. I stopped being as social as I, as I normally am. And I love being social, like I'm a social butterfly. Um, even at work, I started to just pull back and not get involved and not put my hand up as much. My, my health, my physical health suffered as well. Mm. Um, my sleep was impacted. And, um, and then, and then my diet, because then you, you sort of feel, I guess it's that you start to feel a bit worthless and, if, and you start to feel like, well, am I not good enough? Is, is this like my lot in life? But then, yeah, you start to question and you get rid of all that chatter because our egos are there to trip us up and to keep us safe. And yeah, you, you just step back. So it was just everything around me just felt like it was falling apart. And I was just, I was just on a autopilot. Um, but like I said, the biggest thing that made me really stop was my children Yeah, because they pointed it out to me. And I think we take notice of our children. Mum, you've got to do something like you're miserable. Pretty significant, isn't it? When your Absolutely. child picks up. I mean, we often say that kids pick up on these sorts of things and, and they know, but we're talking about little kids more often than not that well, you mine know, are adult children. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my adult children are very good at calling me out or, you know, right. speaking up. You know, I've encouraged them to have a voice growing up. And so they're yeah, they're very good at at 
um, picking up those things and articulating it and not being afraid to speak up. And I think that, yeah, when, when that starts to happen, I think it's also about aligning your values, like happiness and my family are my top two values. Like I've done lots of values work and I think this is part of just finding your, your purpose in life as well. And so, you know, they're my top two, no matter what program I do or what model I use, that that happiness and family always seem to come out, you know, in the top five, but they generally are top two. And so it's like, well, yeah, I can't keep living like this. Like I was miserable. I really was miserable. And I was, I was burnt out. I really was burnt out. And then I took the, the role as the assistant principal thinking that, yeah, this is your next step, trying to, you know, use that logical um, justification. And it wasn't because I missed, I missed the connection. I missed that human connection and that inspiring others and, and just, yeah, getting rid of all those limiting beliefs and having students realise they have a purpose and that they are capable. And so I thought, well, why can't I take that out into the big wide world? I have so much to give as a mother, as a business owner previously, as a teacher, as a wife, as a friend. Um, so I have so much world experience. So why not take that out and inspire women to change their mindset to be successful in anything they want to do? Yeah. So I'm going to ask a chicken or the egg, is it the chicken? Yep, chicken or the egg kind of question. So did you take the 10-week break feeling like that and came to the realisation or are we heading back to, did did you understand that purpose first or are we heading back to that fateful moment when you received those messages? in the universe what happened first which was the chicken or the egg no, so so what happened first was um I my my acting AP role finished and I was not prepared to go back to my other school back into the classroom teaching because I didn't want to feel all that overwhelming stress anxiety physical illness so I took the 10 weeks first And during that 10-week period, I was reading lots of personal development books. Personal development's always been a a passion of mine because I teach in the health sector, so it's always been part of my curriculum as well. And that's when I started, like, searching and things would pop up on Facebook, so I'd, I'd make inquiries. And so it was through that process that then came the messages through my um, exploration and research during my 10 weeks. But if I hadn't have taken my 10 weeks off, I would have just kept rolling and not taken the time for me to reassess my life. And that's what happens. I think we just, we don't put ourselves first and we don't take that time to think about our needs. And then, yeah, that's when it happened. And I remember walking out to my family and saying, don't laugh at me, but I've just joined a coaching course all I ask for you is to support me and they are all on board. Awesome. So tell yeah. me about that webinar. Tell me about what it was about the webinar, what it was about the connection, what inspired you to then sign up on the spot. And, hey, as a coach, I want to know some of the secret sources of what it was that <laughs> tipped, him over the, tipped you over the edge because, hey, we could all use that. But tell me, yeah, tell me about that webinar. Yeah, I think it was because... Um, serving others was at the core of the delivery of the webinar and so it was all about can you see yourself inspiring others making a difference uh it was about mindset it was about coaching it was about personal development as well though so so much of this coaching course talked about so much work on yourself before going out to help others and that really resonated because I'd never really thought about 
my own issues or how much underlying crud I had buried because I was all this always this um, happy, motivated leader who led others and put others first and didn't deal with myself. So initially I signed up to do the personal development work on myself but then continued to do a few more courses and went, no, this is for me, let's expand this a little bit further and let's do real study and let's become certified and, and make a difference and make a business out of this. Um, so it was that real, yeah, getting to the core and, and unpacking and whether we like it or not, we've all got trauma, we've all got issues, you know, whether it's primary school, whether it's our parents, and we don't, you know, we don't begrudge that, but we, we really need to know how to deal with it. And that's part of the journey. Once you can be vulnerable enough to, to let that surface and deal with those emotions, I think that's when your greatest growth occurs. But yeah. while you're just burying it and pretending that everything is fine, I think that's going to hold people back. And so that's my role is to basically unpack all that crud that we bury bring it to the surface, help people deal with it and then get them to change their mindset so that, the you know, the future is just nothing but but positive and wonderful. You know, it, you, you, hit, you hit a few points, I guess, that were sensitive enough for me just in that conversation. And I found, I found that over my journey, so I, I had children late. I had, I've got one child and I have a, a stepchild as well. So they came into my world very quickly, both of them. But I, I, I'd never had any desire to have children. Like it wasn't in my plan um, at that point, but it happened, and it's a blessing. And but I found that I changed a lot, and a lot of it was. I'm not necessarily suggesting that I was selfish beforehand, but I've I found that having other people to worry about, like to genuinely worry about, don't get me wrong. I worried about my mom and I've worried about my dad yeah. and my sisters and all of that prior to, but when you've got this connection, when children are involved as a woman, I found that less and less of me appears because I'm not tapping into what it is that I need as well, because I've given up, I feel like I've given up so much of that and I'm okay with that to some degree, but there are, there are cracks that show and tend to show when I don't deal with it. And I think you're absolutely right. The minute we start to just keep compounding that and not dealing with, I guess, that um, mindset piece, things will start to fall apart very, very quickly. Maybe not to my son because he's having his needs met, but certainly to me where I feel as though I'm not having my needs met. But um, mm. yeah, it's so significant. You're very, very new to this. You're still actually building the business as we speak and you're doing a hybrid role at the moment in terms of still working in education, but back to what you love, which is fantastic. And you're, like I said, it's a bit of a hybrid at the moment where you're now working on your business rather than in it just yet. So tell me a little bit about what your business is going to be set up for and who it's going to be targeted at. I'd love to hear more about this. Okay, so yeah, so my my goal um, is to transition out of teaching, probably not completely, because now I am in a, a space where I'm, I'm back with the students and I'm empowering them and I'm, I'm making a difference. But I see myself running my business maybe three days a week and teaching two days or something like that. So it will still be, still be a hybrid 
but um, it, it definitely will become more regular, my coaching business. My target is women. And when I say women, it doesn't need to be women my age and it can it doesn't need to be a specific age group. My purpose and my goal with my business is mindset coaching to empower women to be successful. That doesn't mean they have to be successful in business. That could be successful in relationships. That could be successful in um, setting boundaries in their life. That could be successful in identifying their values and their purpose and, and setting goals moving forward. So at the moment, it's broad because it's women. And because I can bring so much world experience, because you tapped into, you just said it then as a parent, as a mother, as soon as a child comes into the world, we automatically feel this guilt. Mm. But there's ways that we can help and coach people that they don't need to feel like that. We can talk about expectations and where are they coming from and who's placing them on you. We can talk about healthy boundaries. You use the word selfish before, whereas I don't I don't think it's selfish. I think it's more our needs. Our needs are just as important as anybody else's, but we're not taught that. No. It doesn't come with a book. So it's really about empowering women to break down those limiting beliefs, to understand and believe that they are enough, that they are worthy, that they are lovable. And like I've said to you before, my whole purpose is to get women to fall back in love with who they are, really back in love fully with themselves, because then their relationships are going to improve and they can then love fully everybody else that comes their way and in, and in return, they'll, they'll receive love as well. So it's just, I feel like we have so much monkey chatter, I call it, that ego interferes with us all the time. And so, yeah, that's, um, that's my niche. My niche is mindset coaching, empowering women to be successful, and it can be any age. I work with some young girls at the moment, pro bono coach, and I also work with some, some older women, you know, while I'm doing my, my, getting my coaching hours up. But by the middle of the year, I'll be right to start my paid clients anyway and build my business from there. Yeah. But I just get so much satisfaction and just pleasure out of seeing people grow and realise what they're capable of. Yeah. 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 And I think yeah. I love this success piece and I always love discussing success because it, it is so different for every single person, you know, over the years. And, and I've even found that what I've defined as success has changed in terms of the way I've defined it over the years. You know, at one point it was climbing the ladder, climbing the corporate ladder was my thing and no one was standing in my way. We're talking divorces along the way and all of that sort of stuff. It was, I was on this trajectory and that's where I was headed. And then obviously when my son came along, the success was defined in a different way yet again. It was, it was being able to balance the two and not be defined by one or the other because I felt more comfortable being in business as opposed to being a mum. I'm still trying to feel that out even 11 years down the track or yeah. 10 years down the track. I'm still trying to work all that sort of thing out, but I define it very differently. And, uh, you know, even having leadership roles over my lifetime where I've worked with teams and learning about how people define success differently, you know, something as simple as, somebody, you know, getting a pay rise, that's the most obvious that they define success by their pay rises. But there have been times where people have defined success by the flexibility that their role has given them. They don't care about the pay rise. Others have defined success by the title that they've been given. Again, 
don't necessarily link it back to the pay rise. And it was such an eye-opener to be working with different men and women over that time to find out what to tap into because in order for them to be successful and in order for me to be a successful leader for them, I needed to make sure I wasn't just assuming that everybody was driven by money or everyone was driven by a title or everyone was driven by the corner office because it's not like that anymore. And so, yeah, you're right. And with women, we do. We define success on so many different levels and in so many ways. I don't think it's one directional at all. The other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was the scope in terms of your client base and and women in general, because I think we do. We we our mindset changes as we evolve in terms of our life cycle. And we have many different influences as we walk through life from our parents, our mothers, our grandmothers, our girlfriends, you know, our partners in life. And I think, I think we, we try to mold ourselves to what we think is right. And it's, it's such a dangerous slope sometimes because, again, we don't know who we are at the end of it. And if I can just say, you know, I remember one of the most enlightening moments for me came at my divorce and not so much just because it was a divorce, but I'd been with my partner for 15 years. I was only 15 when I met him and I remember moving into my apartment and going to buy furniture. And for the life of me, Kim, I had no idea what I liked, none, because I didn't know who I was. I hadn't, I had all these limiting beliefs that, you know, that's who I was, that's who I had to be. Our next steps were marriage, our next steps were children, and it just didn't feel right. And then here I am standing smack bang in a furniture store going, I don't even know what I like. And it took a lot for me to redefine who I was after mm-hmm. a really long relationship. But it it also, I guess, made me aware that the next steps I was going to take in my life weren't about somebody else. They had to be about me. And so and I'm very that, conscious of that now. And that is absolutely... And that's why I don't like the word selfish because no matter where it is in your life, it's not about being selfish, but it's about putting yourself first so then you can be the best version for your children or for your colleagues or as a leader, wherever it might be. So I think we really need to to get away from society thinking that we're selfish if we put ourselves Mm -hmm. first because at the end of the day, we need to do that and we need to fulfill our needs because we are just as important as the next person. And if we're going to be the best version of ourselves and be able to love, you know, unconditionally, family, friends, colleagues, then it needs to be done. And you also, a couple of other things you put you uh, that, that resonated with, with me was um, like, who are we meant to be? Mm. Like we have all these influences. So I think um, part of my process when I'm working with people is to really find out values, their their goals and where they want to be. And, and that's part of the beginning work, finding out, well, who am I? Like what really drives me rather than trying to live up to expectations? And that's part of a lot of my work is breaking down expectations, um, getting away from being the people pleaser. You know, you need to be serving yourself, you know, by pleasing others at the detriment to yourself it's not serving you. It's actually, you know, you're not getting anything from it. So setting healthy boundaries is another area that, you know, I've worked really, really 
um, closely on to make sure that they're communicated really, really clearly. We can't assume people know what our boundaries are if we haven't actually talked about them. And so, you know, if we get rid of assumption in everything we do and we can try and eliminate expectation and your map of the world is different to my map of the world, so you may not agree with something, but we need to have that really growth mindset and be open-minded that we have lots of, you know, different opinions and in business, it might mean collaborating and being able to listen to all those different opinions, but without judgment. Mm. We've just got to eliminate judgment and expectation. And I think that women place so much of that on themselves in every walk of their life. And so that's where I've grown the most over the last eight months is letting go of the people pleasing and really setting my boundaries and not feeling guilt associated with it and just staying true to myself and my values. And I think once you can do that, you're ready to really grow and learn and, you know, and move forward and be successful. And like you said, what does that success look like? It depends on your experiences. It depends on where you've come from, where you've had your schooling. So we all we all do define success um, differently. I, I define success when I'm at work by things that the students say, you know, um, if they've if they've said to me, oh, miss, you know, I learned so much in that class or miss, you inspired me to do this or miss, I had the confidence to pick up the phone and see if I could get some work experience. Just little things like that. That's That makes my day successful if I've inspired someone yeah. to actually take action and do something. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm glad you brought business owners into that conversation because I find I work with a lot of women and it's just by default. Like I, I certainly didn't plan it that way, but I tend to, for whatever reason, we're drawn to each other, which is fantastic. And I love working with women, business owners, but but there is this expectation on them. And if we can really tap into where that expectation's coming from, I think I think that's the piece that a lot of small business owners in particular need to look at. I, I think that social media plays a terrible, horrible role in, in the demise of our psyche, I think, um, especially as business owners. I've been worn down to the core by social media. Like it's just... And not that anything terrible happens, but it just, it beats you down and you just think there's so much there that you're trying to compete with and nobody's making you feel that way. It's just the cycle that you feel like you're on. And so being able to tap into that to say, you know, I I actually had a conversation with someone recently where they were saying to me, you need to be on TikTok and you need to do this. and And I went, no, no, no. I'm staying where I feel comfortable. I'm staying. And I know that nothing grows in the area of being comfortable. And it's not necessarily comfort. It's just, it makes sense to me. And so I have to be true Mm. to what makes sense to me. And by me dancing around on reels and just because everyone else is doing it and there's this expectation out there that you're going to fail as a small business owner if you do not dance around on a camera, I'm sorry, no. It's not my messaging. It's not my branding. It doesn't make sense for me to do that. There are some things that do make sense for me to do and that I can remain loyal to, but I have fallen into that trap where I've gone, I'll do the reels because that's the expectation. And then you just feel so uncomfortable and inauthentic and it just doesn't feel right. So this type Mm -hmm. of work for, for business owners and women in particular who 
are generally juggling the split between being a mum, defining yourself as something else for yourself. I see it all the time. Like I, I, I see it in the work that I do with the women that I work with, that there's that real not knowing how to or where to place themselves at any one point in time. I go through it. You know, I feel the most comfortable. I think I was saying this to you the other day. I feel the most comfortable between the hours of 9.30 and 2.30 in my day. And then when my son goes to bed at nighttime, all of a sudden I thrive. Like it's ridiculous. You know, what time? What bedtime? Don't need to be bedtime. I feel alive again because I'm, I'm doing stuff that I love. And I love him to death. And I love when we have our time there. But there's something that just keeps me... And I need to listen to it. it keeps me working and it keeps me defining yeah. myself or redefining myself. Um, but it's it's hard when we've got these expectations. But but good on you, like um, good on you for, for not thinking that, yeah, I need to do the reels and staying true to yourself. Like that's what we need more of. We need more people to believe in themselves and, and to be aware that they don't need to be like the next person. If that doesn't resonate and it's not authentic and it's not in line with your values and it doesn't feel right, but you've got, got other ways of attracting business, then you do what's right for you. But again, I think that's where the ego comes in and you make comparisons and then you start thinking, well, if they're doing it, how's that going to impact on me, what it's going to look like? And then you worry about judgment, you're worrying about what other people think. And so part of my work is to work with people to realise that you have a choice. Every decision you make is a choice. You can choose to ignore it and say that's their thing, let them go, it's not for me and embrace who you are and just move on with yourself. We don't have to sit there beating ourselves up because we're not doing it. If we're comfortable with not doing it, then own it. Empower yourself and say, this isn't for me. I'm going to do it this way and my business is thriving and I'm doing a great job and I don't need to be like everybody else. And it's that self-belief and it's that empowerment and it's just getting women to realise that it's okay not to fall into that mould. Who's putting the expectations on us? More often than not, it's ourselves. Yeah. And so once we learn, yeah, to let go of those and we learn to how to manage those through our mindset and through our actions, we become much calmer and we just become so much more peaceful. Like my peace and calm has just like improved out of sight. It's amazing. Your As family, your kids would definitely be benefiting from that. Oh, absolutely. They would see it too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, again, that's just working with the mind because those expectations, yeah, more often than not, we're placing them on ourselves. You know, I was told from a very young age, I can't even, like, I was really young when I was told this, and that is that nobody can ever make you feel a particular way. So, even just saying those words out loud, it's so true. You know, you can't say to someone, you made me feel upset. Or you you made me feel hurt. You made me feel like I was worthless. You can't say those things because it's the one thing we control is our feelings and nobody else actually has access to that. We get to do that. But often we're human. We, we yep. fall into that trap of feeling as though, well, somebody has done that to me. It's an easier way to, I guess, um, justify how we're feeling and staying in that moment so that it justifies the failure or it justifies us staying safe or it justifies us not having to do that real. Have you ever done reels? Like they are the most life-sucking, draining process in my life. It, You know, I, I run a successful business. I'm happy with what I do. 
And I tried the real thing, like I said, but it just didn't feel right to me. And it it makes me laugh every single time that I think about it because you're right. I, I look at other businesses that are in the same space as me, that are doing the same sorts of things as me. And they're doing very successfully on reels or on that sort of platform. But I laugh every time and I just kind of think, well, they obviously make it work. And I'm so happy and supportive of that for them. I just can't do it. <laughs> like yeah. I really just can't do it. And I I tried, I tried and, and you know, Facebook algorithms and Instagram al- algorithms and all those platforms, they force you to think, uh-huh, there you go. They force you to think that you need to be a certain way. And if you're not, we're actually not going to show your stuff up on the grid. Yeah, or you won't get the exposure. The and you won't yeah. get the exposure. Yeah, yeah. So we have to work out, I guess, what it is that, that we want the most of. So so tell yeah. me about what your plan is when you, media, when you go to launch um, live and having more people come on board, paid clients and really getting into that business model. You're going to have one-on-one sessions. Are you going to have group coaching? How is how is it going to work for your business? So my initial business will start off with one-on-one coaching because a lot of my work will be digging deep mm-hmm. and Sometimes I feel that you get more out of a, a client when they're um, when you can build that trust and build that rapport and they can be vulnerable and they can be emotional and they can just peel the layers back and be raw. So my first six months, I plan to do one-on-one, five weeks, to, five to 10 weeks. You have to commit, my clients will have to commit to a minimum of five. 10 is ideal. So they'll do a 10-week one-on-one session. Um, that's what it will look like for six months. Then I will develop group sessions, whether they're like masterclass group sessions online over Zoom, perhaps, but going into talking to staff, groups of staff at schools, talking to businesses, um, empowering women, and look down the track men as well. You know, men's well-being and their mindset, they need just as much work as, as the women do, but because I'm so passionate about women because I am a woman and I've been through all those different areas of life and I've beaten myself up and I've you know I've been guilty over things and I've questioned myself and I've thought I'm not enough and you know parenting was the biggest one I must I must be honest like you know mine are one's 25 today a 21 year old and 18 year old but you know I've been through that roller coaster too but once you learn not to compare and listen to the nonsense so yeah so one-on-ones for the first six months and then I would like to branch out into to group, either Zoom um, group sessions or I prefer face-to-face. I'm a, I'm a people person, so I love connecting. I love building relationships, yeah. So, oh, Look, I think, I think Zoom's getting better. It's getting a little yeah. bit more personable, which is great. I started out doing one-on-one stuff um, when I first started my business 11 years ago. But I, I also found that Zoom allowed me to reach a few more people. So it's it's really great. And and there was a lot more embracing it over the last couple of years with COVID. Finally, I was able to have a bit of a breakthrough with my clients where they were yeah. okay with, oh, hang on, this can still work and I can reach Amy. And it's it's a lot easier sometimes for them as well. So it yeah. sounds fantastic yeah. in terms of the modeling. I, I agree with you. I I like the one-on-one stuff. I think you feel more vulnerable when you're able to reach that that personable point and feel comfortable in that space. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. 
Do you think that you will target teenage girls as well? I wanted to talk a little bit about this. This is obviously you've been working with teenagers, teenage women for a while now. I I worry about that space. I worry about all women at all different age groups, but, you know, having a stepdaughter myself and a niece, I just worry a lot about them being able to get over this hurdle. And we talk and joke about social media when it comes to business, but it is a real concern of mine as a parent, as an auntie, as a woman, that when I was a kid, if I wanted to see the latest fashion, I had to save up my money and go buy Dolly down at the news. For those that don't know what Dolly is, it's it's literally a magazine that we used to go and buy and we would that was our little online thing that we would have, but it took a lot for me to even know what my friends were doing on the weekend because I would have to call them. I couldn't see anything that was going on. There was none of what they term FOMO, you know, this fear of missing out. And I worry about, um, like I said, my stepdaughter and I worry about my niece and I worry about women, you know, young women in general that, this is becoming a real issue in terms Mm. of seeing everything really fast-paced and in their lives and their mindset being compromised by this fictional life that exists on, you know, Facebook or Instagram. Instagram and, yeah. It's not real. We know that ourselves, you know. These kids don't know the pain of having a disposable camera and only getting one good shot. They know that they can take 15 different shots and only show the one that. And then put a filter on it. And then put a filter on it and (laughs) then know that they feel great about that, right? So they they know they can do that, but they don't know the reality of, of not being able to do that. So they're presented with a fake world. They're presented with what they perceive to be perfect. And if they aren't perfect or living up to that, I, I worry about their vulnerability. So is, is that something mm. that you will work with? Um, it's, it would be something I would love to work with. It's um, interesting because it's an area that I have taught in at school, but it's not something that I've um, actually really thought about pursuing um, in my coaching because I get so much out of when I teach those topics in Year 9 and 10 Health know and about the models and how that they're the minorities and we're the majorities and it is not realistic and all the rest of it so it certainly would be a space because I totally agree that they um they're just bombarded like Mm. the internet's great when it's used for for great purposes but when it comes to social media I agree with um all the mental health issues and the skyrocketing you know and then we've had COVID on top of that you know I was in talks recently with someone with a GP from New Zealand we were trying to get on board with the Department of Education in New Zealand and in Australia about well-being education. Like they need to really mandate it. It's it's just as important. You're not going to get the results with the literacy and the numeracy. So it certainly is a space that needs something. Yeah. And it's certainly something that now you've planted a little seed moving <laughs> forward in terms of in the coaching sector. Because yeah, I feel like I do that really well, but I only get I might only teach two classes in that space. So I'm only getting, you know, you know, 50 students perhaps that I'm having an impact on out of a school of 1,200, let alone society. The big wide world, yeah, I agree. The big wide world. So it's certainly something that does, yeah, absolutely does need, um, need a focus. Yeah. So, and I would be more than happy to go into that space because, it, again, it's it's the area of passion with, with me, yep. Yeah. yeah. I, 
you know, and I love that you're pursuing your passion. It's so hard to pick that up later on in life. You know, I was I was speaking to someone recently who were reviewing a same similar sort of scenario that you were going through, you know, in terms of well, why aren't I happy? What's not making me happy? What do I need to do? But there was this whole limitation on, well, I can't do something now. I'm in my 40s and you know, not, not I'm 53. Her. Come on. Like there's no age <laughs> well, look, barrier. Oh, look, I agree. And maybe that is, and I said this flat out, maybe that is because I get up every day and I do what I love. And I've always done that since the age of 18, since I started doing what I'm doing. And I just, I absolutely love what I do. So I find it very difficult when people aren't following their passions, even if it is midstream, you know, not to be afraid of that and and to get out and do that. So I love that you're doing some work on being able to clear those blocks and mindset and, and just being able to recreate a path that feels comfortable for women in particular. I think I think that's going to be an amazing space. And that person that you're referring to, that 40-year-old, immediately for me, it comes up that there's fear there's um, limiting beliefs, the age is an excuse. So, you know, using the age as an excuse, using the age, blaming the age. So there'd be so much work there to unpack to see why this particular person doesn't believe that they can move forward at the age of 40. I don't, you know, I think we're lifelong learners and um, if we follow, yeah, if we follow our hearts and we are truly passionate and we really want something to happen, We've got to put in the action. It's not going to happen without the effort. And so effort equals success and whatever that success looks like. But, uh, yeah, immediately I just thought, well, there's fear there. There's there's limiting beliefs. There's yeah. so much to work with already. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we're very much aligned on that because I, I teach limiting beliefs from a money perspective. You know, as a yep. financial coach, I, I see very much the same sorts of things come up and they're deep-seated. They're, they're deep-rooted from the way they've, you know, people have watched their parents handle money or the situations they've been in and that fear of going back if they've ever had, you know, a shortage of money in their lifetime, you know, that real fear and how it drives or or even just blocks any progression going forward. The desire, yeah, and it's about working with people where that desire, so that pain, the desire and the pleasure has to be much greater than the pain. If they're quite comfortable with the pain, and their why and their pleasure isn't great enough, they'll sit there in safety forever. I also talk about limiting beliefs and even just mindset in particular. I run a business group on a fortnightly basis called the Business Boardroom, and it's predominantly women. It does, Again, it doesn't have to be, but it just has turned out to be that way. And one of the things that's recently come up, and you might be able to comment on this because I would love to have you come and join us in the boardroom, is this whole talk about COVID fog. So we talk, we're talking at the moment about a lot of the women are feeling as though they can't just get back up and, and go again. And there's that, maybe it's not a limiting belief, but it's certainly a mindset in terms of why aren't we now just getting back to where we were headed? We were on this trajectory, we were doing well with our businesses, and now all of a sudden we've had these couple of years, we're calling it COVID in our conversation, this COVID fog. And it feels a little bit like it. You feel like you had to slow down to some degree to then speed up again. And it's it's being able to clear that block to be able to go, we're back into this again. Let's just, I feel like there's this moment of needing to shake it off. Is that is that real? Like, is that, is that something? So when that, you say um, not being able to move forward, like what's, what's happening? 
Oh, so some of the conversations of, we've had, for yeah. example, is just getting back to reconnect with clients, um, with customers, especially if they were face-to-face. You know, we've got a lot of beauty people that work in the beauty industry in the business boardroom, and it's just being able to get back face, face-to-face with people and be able to reconnect with our clients again on the level that we were. And so I, you know, there's this real block to just stay in that, almost like stay in that COVID fog for a little while longer and it'll eventually work itself out, but with this underlying desire to want to keep building our businesses. And so if that makes sense, I, you know, I just, mindset plays a big part in that, I think. And I, it's trying to have better conversations, I think, around what is it that's holding you back? Why can't you come out of the fog? If you've still got people buying from you, you've still got people wanting to connect with you, you've still got people wanting to book appointments with you. What is it that, why are you dragging your feet? Why are we dragging our feet as business owners to just get back into it? Is there, are there limiting beliefs around that? Are there, is there mindset work that can be done? Yeah, and it could it could just be the individuals themselves around how they're feeling. So, so although they're, they're, putting a focus on the business, perhaps looking at how they're feeling and where they're coming from and what are they doing for themselves to perhaps boost their energy and increase that vibration. And, you know, are they, are they, do they have a morning routine? That's another thing I teach that's really, really important. Do they have a morning routine? Do they have a structured day? Or are they still in that little, you know, COVID remote I'll sit in my pyjamas in the bottom of my body and I'll have my nice blouse on at the top or whatever it might be. So so maybe it's about actually actioning them as individuals Yeah. so that that sort of energy and how they feel actually motivates them to, to take action and to then build that connection. Because the thing is, without that connection, we all lack, we all just lack something. We're mm-hmm. social beings. So... So I understand that that's probably perhaps that's part of the reason. It's that perhaps fog, flatness, lacking energy might be some other words that you could use. So perhaps a way of looking at it is looking at each individual and having, you know, unpacking, well, how are you feeling? What are you doing for yourself? Like um, where are your energy levels from 1 to 10 on any given day? Well, how can we boost them? What can you do in your day? You know, and then if they say, oh, I don't have the time, well, there's a limiting belief. Let's work with that. Yeah. Why is that holding you back? We all have 24 hours in a day. Why is it that some of us manage to do this much and others only manage to do a tiny little bit? So, yeah, so there could be, I think there could be a lot going on at an individual level yeah. about what they're telling themselves. So true. See, I have, yeah. I have that block on exercise unapologetically. Yeah. I don't have time in my 24 hours <laughs> unapologetically to exercise. It's not my thing. It's not my jam. If you see me running, something's chasing me. So you better run too. It's the only way you're going to get me running. It's it's quite a funny thing, but it's so true. And I, I look forward to you joining us in the boardroom to talk a little bit more about that because I can see that. I can see that there yeah. are probably bigger things going on. And And you're right. One of the things I certainly made a point of throughout COVID and even having, when I first started my working for myself and working from home, I made a real conscious effort 11 years ago to always get up and get dressed, have my shower, do everything I was doing. Right, The dress codes changed somewhat since I first started my business, especially with the school run. It has changed. Flats are now involved. But I used to get up, 
heels would go on. I would make sure that I felt the part, felt alive, felt ready to go. And so you're right. We need to come out of that a little bit and back into what we were doing. In, and routine, yeah. I think, is routine. So, routine so is key. Even yeah. as adults, routine is key. You know, kids say they don't like routine and it's absolute nonsense. All the research shows that they do like routine because they feel safe and they feel loved. And we thrive when we've got routine. When we're just floundering around, yeah, we feel we feel lost. So I totally agree. That's, you know, that's awesome that you used to get up and do that because yeah. it is so important. And right. I think the other thing is being able to define your working day with your home day. And some people don't do that very well when they're at home. And so that's like that's a really, really important part of your self-care as well. And then that improves your well-being. And yeah, yeah. it's so yeah. hard to switch between the two at times, you know. Um, I think that's that's really important. So yeah. Okay. So at the moment, given that you are a newbie to all of this, we do have some contact details that I will put in the show notes that people can get in contact with you. Plus Absolutely. a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you're going to be doing. So there will I will make sure that those links are included. But Kim, once again, you have inspired me. I'm feeling empowered for the day. Thank you so much for stopping by and spending some time. I'm so excited about what you have on offer and we'll definitely have to get you back on the podcast six months down the track once you've done all those one-on-ones to talk about the group coaching that you're going to introduce because I think I think yeah. that'll be fantastic as well. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much for having me and I've, I've absolutely loved just discussing everything that I'm so passionate about and, um, yeah, my purpose and so driven about and hopefully I can inspire tens of thousands of women on my journey for sure to be the best version of themselves and to let go of all those limiting beliefs um, and live the life that they were born to live yep what a message what a message thanks again kim thank you so much have a great day to learn more about the boring shit you need to know in business head to my website www.amybajada.com.au forward slash podcast where you will find all my latest and greatest podcast episodes for you to enjoy. To be notified of new podcast episodes when they become available, be sure to hit that notification where you're listening to this podcast. Stay well, my friend.